G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Things are changing so fast and every week it appears there is another Christian value around life and morality seemingly lost while the opponents of Christianity seem to be able to land blows at will. We're asking an important question today. Is there still a prophetic ministry? Well, our special guest today says we have church leaders who are often more political than prophetic. Uh, Some might even say they're not even political enough. Well, they either reflect the political concerns of the day on every side, or they just engage in a culture war which uses but is not founded upon biblical Christianity. David Robertson is our special guest through this next hour. He's director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans, and it's about evangelism and new churches, and we'll talk about how you can connect with David a little later. David originates from Scotland, and he writes for newspapers, magazines, and is the author of a number of books, including The Dawkins Letters and Engaging with Atheists. David Robertson, a special welcome back to 2020. It's a, a, a joy to be with you um, and a, a joy to be on 2020 and 2022. Uh, we live, I, I think, you know, if, if you think about the past two years, uh, how many of us would have foreseen the chaos that has erupted in this world? You know, it's just extraordinary, isn't it? It is extraordinary. It's meant hardship for so many. And we might uh, be able to celebrate ways that the church has been involved in helping people navigate that hardship. Uh, Then we might also argue that under the cover of what's happened with the hardship around COVID, a whole lot of things have gone out of control and spiralled out of control, especially when when it comes to legislation around uh, issues of morality that Christians hold so dearly. So there's been a lot of things that have happened over this past two years. If we were going to just get our conversation underway, David, I wonder if we might start with a biblical foundation for what we'll talk about today, because uh, I've got an idea where we're going with this. But when we use that word prophet, uh, we've got all sorts of images of the prophets of the Old Testament. Uh, We wonder where those sorts of great heroes of faith are in the New Testament, and then we might say, where are those prophets today in the 21st century? I wonder if we can start with a biblical foundation. How do you see prophets, David? Well, prophets were people who brought the word of God to the people of God. And I, I do think there's a fundamental distinction. I think in the Old Testament, you had prophets, you know, like Elijah, like Isaiah, like Jeremiah, who were um, communicating God's word direct to the people, and you had the nation state of Israel and so on. I think in the New Testament is different. I think the prophets brought the word of God, and I think in the New Testament we're told in Ephesians that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. But I think the prophets today are not people who are 
bringing us a new Bible, if you like. They're not adding to the scriptures. But I think what they are doing, I think some, there are two extremes here. There are people, I think, who argue, well, actually, God is giving me a completely new revelation. And then there are other people who say, well, no, God has given us the revelation and all we have to do is basically lecture it. My understanding of prophecy is that it is still the application of the word of God to the society. And I think um, that that's what we are called to do. I, I think prophecy also involved, it wasn't just foretelling the future. It was also a bringing God's word to apply in the present. And I think that, um, you know, there are a couple of verses that stand in my mind. One is in Chronicles where it says, the men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what to do. And then Jesus saying, well, you look at the sky and you, you see what the weather is going to be. How come you can't observe the signs of what's going on in society and, uh, and, and see what's happening? And I, and I think that's a key aspect of prophecy. And maybe the one other thing I would say is this. Prophets are often incredibly countercultural and have to be bold. Uh, wise as serpents and harmless as doves, but... Um, it, it's I think in our in in our society today, and I'm I'm talking about Australian society today, even though I'm a Scotsman. Um, I I think it's you, you had a, a guest on before Martin Isles. I think he does uh, reflect a, an aspect that aspect of prophetic ministry, bringing the word of God to apply to the society. And I think we're going to need a lot more of that. Sometimes, and I'll just reflect on what I've picked up over many years, the thought that the New Testament prophet is different to the Old Testament prophet, uh, with the uh, understanding that the New Testament prophets spoke for edification and exhortation and comfort. Uh, not the the uh, forth-telling prophet of the Old Testament uh, who really, uh, you know, took it up to uh, kings and rulers. Any thoughts here on whether those uh, issues that we might observe in the Old Testament prophet can be carried over into the New Testament thought or understanding of a prophet, David? I, I think they can, but I think you have to be aware of a different context. So... Um, it, in the Old Testament prophets, we're speaking to the nation-state of Israel, the people of God. Um, and yes, there was a, a ripple, an effect beyond that, if you like. So you get someone like Jonah going to Nineveh. I think in the New Testament, you did get like the prophet Agabus predicting there would be a famine. Um, but I think what I would call the prophetic word, I would say that God's word is living and it applies today. You could argue that John the Baptist was the last of the Old Testament prophets, even though he's in the New, and he was the one who stood before Herod and, you know, accused him of adultery and was executed for it. Uh, I, but I also think you, I, I, I think you've got things like, if you regard, and I do, the writings of the Book of James or Paul's letters and so on, that there's a prophetic aspect there. So James, for example. Um, laments the the way that the rich people weren't paying fair wages um and i i do i think the the book of revelation is a kind of prophetic thing against the roman empire and and many other things that were happening at that time but i i do think the context is different so you know, we, we don't stand, you don't you won't get someone standing before the Australian Parliament and saying, this is what God tells you to do. 
But I do think that the church needs to speak the word of God into the context of the culture. And there are some people who have a particular gift with that. So I'm, I, I, in my, I'm, I've just been reading again uh, the wonderful Francis Schaeffer. And I think Schaeffer was 50 years ahead of his time. In He more or less saw what was going to happen, what is happening now. Someone like C.S. Lewis, I, I think he did have a prophetic ministry as well. Um, so, you know, I do think there is that kind of role. I question, in fact, I, I, don't, I don't believe that there is someone who can stand up and say, well, I'm now going to give you the first letter to the, Sid- to the Melburnites or whatever, and this is now going to be added to the Bible. Uh, we, we don't have that anymore. We, the church was built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and we're not relaying the foundation. There's a sense, isn't there, the Old Testament prophet uh, was a part of the formation of a nation, the the children of God, the people of Israel, and there was an application of the word of the Lord. Uh, there's a sense, isn't there, that if a New Testament prophet is the one who brings uh, the word of the Lord uh, or a, you know application of the word of the Lord, then there is certain, certainly something in in not just in the church, but in the formation of a nation. Any thoughts here about the prophet going beyond the four walls of the church? Well, I, I, I think so as well, because I think one of the things, one of the great concerns that many of us have is that um, the Western world, liberal democracies, are turning away from their Christian foundations. And people will say, well, what does that matter? Well, it matters a lot, not so much for the church, it matters for the society as a whole. And so I think that a society in which Christianity is the foundation is much better for the poor. It's much better for the weak. It's, you know, it's much, it's much better for women, to be honest. And I think that um, there is a tendency amongst Christians, because we've got so much opposition and because we're so now counter-cultural to much of our culture, there is a tendency amongst some Christians to say, well, let's just retreat into our kind of, you know, almost like our monasteries and, let, you know, let's just ride this out. Uh, my view would be, no, we still need to speak uh, God's word into into the culture. And, and that is for the good of the culture. We are to be salt and light in the world. Now, as I say, I, I don't think that is directly equivalent to the Old Testament prophets. And incidentally, I don't really think it's directly equivalent to the New Testament church prophets because the thing about the New Testament church was it didn't have the New Testament. You know, the Gospels were written um, several decades into the church uh, and Paul's letters and so on. So it wasn't until the apostles, the last of the apostles when John died, that we we had the full New Testament. So I, I do think there is a difference, but I still think there is a prophetic um, role for the church and uh, and for some leaders and y- what you're suggesting there that that also involves speaking God's truth not just to the church but also to the wider society so I would argue for example William Wilberforce uh, as regards slavery he was speaking God's word into uh, a culture that had permitted and prom- promoted slavery and I would say that people today who are speaking for example about abortion that they are speaking God's word into a culture which is promoting something that is profoundly wrong. And there, there, there are many other things along those lines. This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 
2020 on Vision. Our special guest this hour is David Robertson. He's director of the Ask Project with Sydney Anglicans, talking evangelism and new churches with his role there. But a focus today on prophets. And, you know, you've read about the Old Testament prophets. You've known that there is a prophetic voice in the New Testament as the church built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Well, we're talking about a new generation of prophetic preachers today. You might have your own insights. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. We'll take some calls in just a few moments. Before we do, though, David, the thought that there is such pressure that a nation is under that there are forces that want to build it with a Christian strong foundation built on God's word. And there are forces that are trying to build their own utopian society, but takes you away from those forces and, in fact, uh, will know leads to uh, all sorts of disaster. A country being destroyed. Is there now a time for prophets to arise when we recognize that things go so much astray? Yeah, I, I think that there is a danger involved here for those of us who are Christians. So I would argue that as the foundations of Australian society are being undermined and even destroyed, that there's a temptation for Christians to just be incredibly negative about that. And yet one of the things that we need to grasp more and more is that we are also here to bring hope. So I, I, I wrote a, an article in which I cited Lord Hailsham. Our country is being destroyed before our eyes by a conspiracy of intellectuals without faith, delinquents without honour, muckrakers without charity or compassion, young men who are incapable of dreaming dreams, and old men who've never known what it is to see visions. And I think that um, what we need is, within the church, people who are able to give people a, a real hope, brace based on a broader understanding. So I talk about bold, courageous, compassionate men and women who understand the Bible, grasp the culture, and know how to connect the dots. And that's kind of what I was trying to get at in terms of um, a prophetic role. It's, it's, it's explaining the context of the culture we're in. We don't necessarily, in fact, we don't have all the answers to every single situation. The more you look at a particular situation, say even, for example, like Ukraine, you realize it's it, how complex and difficult it is to solve. And yet we're coming in as um, Christians who have the truth of God and, and the truth of God as given to us in Jesus Christ. And I just think that is it's really important and it really can bring hope to so many people. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own contribution to make to our conversation today. Let's take some calls. Mike is on the line from Launceston in Tasmania. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. Um, First Corinthians says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. And in Revelation says, "You must. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers who hold the testimony of Jesus. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So comment on that, please. Uh, your thoughts here? Yeah, you, sure. Man? Yeah, thanks. Um, Mike, uh, by the way, uh, I, I understand that your your town or your city is about to be voted Australia's or has been voted Australia's best. And having visited there recently, I, I, I thought it was a wonderful place. Um, and I, I think that that first Corinthians... 
Paul is talking about people who were speaking in, in tongues and people not being able to understand them. And he was saying, well, we need to be able to get the word of God so that people understand. And so he gives instructions on that in that context in Corinth. And I, But I think the basic principle still remains right, that we want the spirit of prophecy. In other words, God word, God's word is living and it needs to be applied into the context and the culture of today. Now, you don't change God's word to do that. I think because God's word is living, it does do that. Um, I, I think in Revelation, it's it's very much a, a similar thing. I, I remember one time a man who'd never, ever been in church. This was when I was back in Scotland. He came out and he said a couple of things which are really interesting. He said, first of all, man, you did that deliberately. I said, what do you mean? He said, I've never had to I've never listened to anyone for more than five minutes before. And you gave, because I don't come to church, you gave us a a whole year's worth of sermons in one go. And I said, no, no, I normally do speak for about 40 minutes. And I said, well, what's the other thing that interested you, intrigued you? He says, I didn't know there was so much in the Bible. He said, it's incredible. And it's incredible how it applies. And I think that that is what the prophetic word is, that people are convicted by the word of God and realize, wait a minute, this is God speaking into our culture. So I, I think both those passages refer that. We need the more direct application of the word of God into the context and culture in which we live. Mike in Launceston, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Kim, another Tasmanian in Hobart. Hello, Kim, welcome. Yeah, you've opened up the north South rivalry now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, Kim. All right. Give us your best shot Hobart, from the south. Hobart's got to be the pretty city underneath the mountain on the river, but um, we won't get into that one. We love Tassie, all of us. Um, yeah, look, I was just um, interested that, um, you know, I, I think prophecy is used, uh, I might say loosely. I, I sort of... Um, I see prophecy as uh, the way we got our New Testament. You know, the apostles and prophets are in the foundation. We're now up near the roof, I would have thought. So um, it, it speaks, you know, the, the two of them are linked together three times in Ephesians. Um, you know, first of all, apostles, then prophets, and then it says evangelists, pastors and teachers. Um, the same in 1 Corinthians 12, when the listening of the gifts is given, and Obviously, when when the, the New Testament was written, there was no New Testament. And so they needed the prophets to give them the Word of God because they had no New Testament. They they had their Old Testament. And it seems to me there's a passing of the guard in that um, uh, Peter talks about there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you. I think it's more the application of the Word today um, my particular bent is, is as a Bible teacher, and that's probably how it's coming across. But I, uh, I don't see prophets uh, in, the, in the true sense as existing today. I, I don't say they don't exist, but um, we have no need to add to the scriptures. They're, they're, they're already there, and it's just applying what we have. Kim, you as make I, some great thoughts there. Uh, response from David. Yeah, Kim, I mean, I think that was what I was kind of saying earlier. I, I, I really do not believe that we have these foundational prophets, as in the sense of people writing the New Testament, for example, or adding to the New Testament. So I think that you're correct. However, I also, I'm, I'm a little bit wary of just saying it's just teaching, 
because I'm asking, is there a prophetic ministry today? Is there any word from the Lord? And I agree that we don't need to relay the church's foundation of the apostles and prophets. Um, but I don't agree that there's no place for the prophetic within the church and to the society. So the, 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 I argue in the article that I wrote that the application of biblical principles by such as the men of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do is directly relevant um, to today. So I think there's this wonderful thing. John Stott used to talk about having one foot in the Bible and one foot in the newspaper. And he wasn't saying they were equal, but he was saying you've got to be able to apply the word of God to the culture in which you live today. And I, I do think that's important. And I think some people have a better grasp of that. And and I'll tell you where I'm coming from as well. I'm, I'm really a bit surprised at this. I find some of the people who are the best analysts of where our culture are today are not Christians. So there are people like Jordan Peterson, who seems to be on his way, or Douglas Murray, or others. And I'm just wondering if we in the church have so backed off from that that we, we've either ended up with some very eccentric people who nobody listens to, uh, except for entertainment value, or we've we've just gone very quiet. And I, I do hear the Lord's people hearing a lot, is there any word from the Lord? And I think it is, but I don't think it's an, an addition to the Bible. I think it's the application of the Bible to today's society. Kim, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. We'll continue this conversation after the news. Just a minute and a half or so out from the news, there's a thought here. Uh, David, I run this by you. Uh, We can talk about a gift of prophecy that happens within the church, and we might even separate that from what we think the office of a prophet may be, and uh, that may be far more beyond the walls of a church. Any thoughts here? Because a lot of people will prophesy, but few will have that uh, office holder type of uh, character that the prophet has. Yeah, I think I I, I don't get too caught up with the, the office of prophet, except I would say this, you know, the, the, the Puritans and others used to talk about prophesying, basically, and what they meant was preaching. Um, and I, I don't think, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, there are different Christians who have different views about whether you still have apostles and prophets. And my own personal view is not in the New Testament sense of the foundational, but I, I still do think that there is uh, a prophetic role. And it may even be that there are some people, as I mentioned, like Schaefer and others, who I think someone like Tim Keller, for example, in New York. David, good to be able to talk about a topic like this, and it can, in fact, be a little bit divisive when you start to talk about prophecy because it somehow does depend on the sort of church background that you have. And uh, for some people in some mainline churches, uh, they've uh, they've worked these things out well and truly generations ago. Others still working through these sorts of things. So it's good to be able to talk about these things in conversation. What are your thoughts about the differences that some Christians will have on on the the role of a prophet? Well, I'm conscious that, you know, that Vision Radio is ecumenical in the sense of you have, you know, believers from uh, different backgrounds, and there will be people who, you know, have different views on this. What I'm particularly interested in is how we apply the Word of God prophetically uh, into the culture that we face today, and and I think that's really important. So, you know, there's maybe a, a, 
a couple of stories that might help. Um, I was asked back in the UK to go and speak to um, a group of churches called New Frontiers, which is a, a charismatic group, but um, somewhat unusually reformed. And they're very, very good at church planning, do a lot of different stuff. And I was asked to go and speak with their leaders. And if I remember the, the, t- the time, it was about 20 of their main leaders, including Terry Virgo. And uh, they were going around and it was, I, I loved being with them. And um, they were giving various testimony about why they were there. And it came to me and I said, well, I don't know why I'm here because I'm not charismatic and, and so on. And they started laughing and I said, why are you laughing? And they said, well, David, we think you're like a prophet because you do apply the word of God to the culture in which we live. And we need to hear that. And one of them said something very interesting, that prophecy has come to be understood in their circles with a lot of people as being very personal individual. You know, it's as though God saying, um, you know, who should you marry? Lo, you're going to marry this person. Or or, or sometimes very general, just repeating bits of Isaiah um, as, a, as a kind of personal comfort. Whereas I think both the Old Testament prophets and to some degree the New Testament, not to the same degree, um, but there was, there was this, you know, is there a word from the Lord? That's the one I keep going from. You know, what does God say about this situation? What, what, what does God say about this whole transgender stuff? What does God say about Ukraine? What's, you know, and, and I think without going into, I, I don't think we are called to make specific political points and say this is from God. I think that's a big mistake. But I think it's when we apply biblical principles that then people themselves can see where it's going. So I think that's an... That, that's a really important part of it. And that's what I was trying to get at. I was trying to get to say um, God's word is relevant for today. I, I mean, I have another kind of mantra that I use. I say that um, we don't need to make the Bible relevant. It is relevant. Uh, it takes a special skill to make it irrelevant, but that's a skill that many of us in the church have developed. I just think the Bible is directly relevant to today. Wonderful. Amazingly and- so. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316, to join in our conversation. You might have a question, a comment, even a critique for our conversation. You're welcome, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Wendy is in Casino in New South Wales. Hi, Wendy. Welcome along. Thank you so much, Neil. Welcome. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to say, Dave. It's been really excellent so far. What I'm wanting to say is that I'm back. Yeah, back in May 1999, um, when I'd been a Christian about 20 years, I had a prophecy that I was going to begin to write poetry that would be read throughout the world that would express the heart of God to man. Now, I was excited because I had always loved poetry but never written a poem, and I was an, an English teacher at the time, so I'd always have loved poems. And since that time, I have begun to write poetry, which I don't believe has been my own gift. I believe it was a gift that was given to me, and consequently, it's a prophetic gift. And um, um, I could I write poems now generally about um, what God is like, or what what's happening at the moment in the in the world, um, and I write them within an hour. And I, I usually do it very early in the morning. And it's not the sort of thing that I could just summon up. <laughs> In fact, I've got a poetry book just out, about to come out this very week, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with people now because for a long time I just thought, oh, these are nice poems, but I've begun to see myself now as a prophetic poet. Now, I don't know how many others there are around with the same gift, but I know 
that mine definitely came from God because I didn't really have it there uh, beforehand. Wendy, good insights there, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, some of the things that you're writing uh, coming up on 2020 uh, just in this next week or two. But uh, just come back to this thought here that uh, there might be a prophecy that is released uh, the gifts in the church. Uh, this is uh, maybe a preliminary because we might be talking about mature prophecy and uh, where the prophet has a role in releasing those gifts in the church. I wonder a thought or two here from you, David, uh, for Wendy. Well, Wendy, what you're saying is really interesting. Um, I do believe that... Um, God motivates and inspires. Now, I would suggest, for example, that in terms of poetry, the Book of Job, the Psalms, of course, the the Song of Songs, Song of Solomon, um, they are poetic. And I think the poetic is 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 a great way to communicate. What I would say is, you know, I I would read your poems. I wouldn't put them on a a par with that as direct inspiration, but I do believe that God can inspire and motivate people. And I do think, despite what I said earlier, that individually, you know, God can say things. So I I remember when I went in for the ministry, I mean, we were in the Christian Brethren who didn't have kind of believe in direct prophets like that. But I remember when I went in for the ministry, I said to my dad that I was – you know, going to be in full-time ministry and so on. And he said, oh, I knew that. And I said, how did you know? And he told me that when we were eight years old, we were moving from the area we were in England. And um, this man stood up, who I have no recollection of at all, called Mr. Brown, and said, I pray for David, and I'm going to pray for him every single day because uh, I am believe, and he believed he'd been told that I was going to end up going into the ministry. My dad took that as great comfort, even when I was was rebelling. So I do think that God can inspire and motivate in that way. I would say, as with all prophecies, they are to be tested and, you know, tested according to the word of God, which I I think is important. But I'll come back to the poetry thing. I think poetry is a great way to communicate the word of God. Wendy, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Graham is in Burnie, Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Hello, gentlemen. You know, uh, Paul the Apostle prophesied about uh, men not being allowed to be married in the church. And Paul again preached in the Second Thessalonians about a man of sin about the time that would be uh, stories or uh, seeing, uh, should say, visions of uh, Christ, uh, talking about Christ coming back to earth before these things can happen. He says that uh, Christ is not going to come back before such and such, and that is a man of sin be revealed. And, of course, the falling away. Today you've already preached about what the wickedness of mankind, uh, about the children being actually Satan's in the church, he's in the uh, government. And uh, what we're seeing now is uh, these things happening. In uh, uh, Sorry. Graham, you're raising some, uh, some good points in there, and uh, something that we haven't touched on is the thought that 
those prophets that have spoken in the past and have written down visions uh, like John in the book of Revelation. I mean, these things that we might look to the future and say these things are coming to pass. There's a certain sense in which uh, this uh, powerful uh, forward-looking of the prophet uh, really is significant uh, as things begin to unfold, and uh, particularly for some who will be looking at those issues around end times. Uh, thoughts here, David, for, for some of the things Graham's ra- raising? Well, Graham raises the important issue, particularly from Second Thessalonians, where it's very interesting that Paul says, Concerning this, we ask you, brothers and sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by the teaching allegedly from us, whether by a prophecy or by word of mouth or by letter, asserting that the day of the Lord has already come. So Paul was deeply aware that there were false prophecies around and that they would continue. And Jesus himself warned us that there would be, you know, if it were possible, to deceive even the elect. So we have to be extremely careful about those who come and say, well, the Lord has told me this, the Lord has told me that. And I do think that the comments about the man of sin are relevant. Um, I tend to think that, you know, Antichrist, as some Christians argue, it's one specific figure. I think there have been many Antichrists, as John says. Um, but we do, we, again, we come back to judging everything by the word of of God. And I think that is, yeah, I think that's something that is really important. But we do have to watch out for um, false prophets. I'm, I'm reminded of... I mean, I've experienced this many times where people have come and said they've had a personal word from the Lord and then tried to apply it to me. And uh, I can think of a couple of instances, um, uh, one in particular where a young man came to me and was he was really upset and said he, he, he didn't know whether to trust God anymore. But, and I said, why? And he said, well, God had told him he was going to marry this girl. And I said, well, what happened? He said, well, she just got married to someone else. And I said, and, but he, he said, well, why did God lie? I said, well, God didn't lie. God didn't tell you that. You know, whoever told you or the impression that you got was wrong. And we need to, that's why we have the word of God. The word of God is certain. All the words of the prophets, we, we need to judge very carefully. Um, and I think that's why my understanding of prophecy is more the application of the word of God, as in the Bible, to the culture that we live in, rather than to to fresh revelations, which must always be tested. One other story that I quite like, um, it was, the Baptist preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon, this man came to him and said, Mr. Spurgeon, God has told me that I have to preach in your church on Sunday. And Spurgeon, who was always sharp as a tank, said, well, when he tells me, I'll let you. <laughs> you know, and that's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's always, when someone comes up to you and says, God has told me, it's very hard to discuss with them because, um, well, who's going to go against what God has said? Or you're suggesting that they're mistaken or a liar. So there are lots of pitfalls here to be avoided. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wary of using the term prophetic, but I do think in terms of applying the word of God to the culture and circumstances we find ourselves in today is something that is essential. Graham in Burnie, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Errol is in Slacks Creek in Queensland. Hi, Errol. Welcome. Hi, how are you, Jill? Good, Errol. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, my thoughts are, uh, look, I've been born again for 40, 40-odd years, but uh, I believe in the spirit that as People go to the congregation and, and hear the worship of God and things like that. Uh, I myself. 
I think uh, Errol has dropped out. And uh, before we could uh, pick up on an element of that, uh, that what he was trying to share. Hey, let me bring us back to, I think, where the essence of our conversation is intended to go today, David, because we've, we've gotten off on a few little tangents and things. Let's come back to the fact that there is a spiralling out of control, uh, a, 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 you could say, a civilization in decline, and where are the prophets? And uh, you can talk about all sorts of dimensions around prophecy, uh, whether it's a foretelling prophecy about the end times or whether it's the prophecy that happens in the car park that you might be uh, really concerned about at your local church. Then there might be those who might be uh, designated to be a prophetic voice perhaps in the church. But let's come back to what we've begun to talk about in the early parts of our conversation, the prophet that speaks into the nation. And uh, you mentioned a little earlier some of those identities that so many might be familiar with, uh, Doug Murray or uh, Jordan Peterson. And uh, Jordan Peterson really only relatively recently uh, describing the way he has come to faith in Christ. Uh, Some of these other uh, identities that we might think are speaking into the culture, not coming from a Christian foundation at all. So does that disqualify them uh, from being what we would call a prophet because they're not speaking with that transcendent uh, voice of God? Let's come back to uh, what we we began to talk about, uh, the absence of prophets in our society today. Uh, Thoughts here, David? Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think that say someone like Douglas Murray is a prophet. I think what, what what you find with all these people, and and I include Peterson in this, is that they're very good at analysing the difficulties and showing us the difficulties. They're very good at that, but they don't have the solutions because they don't have Christ. And I I do think that um, my, my my struggle is so I, I mean I can think of people today, Christian leaders today, who, who have been very good at that. So there's one who's just died, sadly, that's Melvin Tinker, who's an Anglican in England, who is, uh, he, some of his writings have been marvellous. Or I think of someone here in Australia, like Steve McAlpine over in Perth, who's, who wrote a book called Being the Bad Guys, which is just an excellent analysis of how, a, you know, we live in, in a society which is increasingly hostile to us. So I do think that there are people who are, are speaking God's word, um, to the church about the culture. Where I'm struggling a little bit is how do we get to speak into the culture? It's very difficult if the culture won't give you a voice. Um, I I remember uh, a BBC producer saying to me, David, I'd love to have you on my show. My problem is that we don't do diversity, and yet I think you speak for about half the people in this country. Uh, And I I do wonder where we're going to get Christians... um, politicians, uh, you know, church leaders who, who speak up, applying the Word of God in, into the culture we're in. And that's at the, the macro, that's at the big level. But at the micro level, I feel that in our congregations, I, I don't want um, preachers to be doing politics, but I do want preachers to be explaining how the Word of God applies in the culture in which we now are. And I think that is missing in a, in, in a lot of contexts. And a lot of what I do in terms of helping people with evangelism is try and help people to understand who we are evangelizing and the culture uh, or cultures, really, that we are, we are working with. So the preacher in the pulpit, uh, not there to be partisan political, 
but when we hear of a preacher who might well identify the problems of the community or the broader culture, uh, able to offer a biblical insight, which therefore may well be a solution to those who hear. This is the sort of uh, preacher that you might be looking for, someone who isn't saying, thus says the Lord, uh, and then giving their own partisan political uh, diatribe, the thought that you might have a preacher who can apply the word of God. Uh, this would be the you know the essence, I guess, of, of what you're getting at when you're saying what we need is prophetic preachers who can apply the word of God. Yeah, so I mean, the way I'd put it is this. If I was to go to China, which I'd love to do, and seek to communicate the gospel to people who speak Chinese, and I seek to communicate in English, it's going to be very, very, very difficult. Um. And I feel that much of what we're doing is, Schaefer saw this, I say prophetically, brilliantly. He said there'll come a time when Christian parents won't understand their children because their children are swimming in a different culture. And I think one of the things that we need to grasp is to be able to explain the culture. So uh, a few years ago when I was back in Scotland, I, I don't normally do thematic preaching. I normally preach through a book of the Bible. But because of so many questions that have been asked, I said that one evening I was going to do uh, a sermon on... Uh, male and female identity, particularly dealing with the transgender issue. And I was utterly astonished to see that my congregation doubled. And a lot of people who came were not Christians because they were wanting to hear what does God say about this because it's so confusing. And I, I feel that, um, you know, th there are dangers in this, but my view is that we need to a radically different approach, which is to uh, not make the Bible relevant to the culture. I think what an awful lot of us do is we read the Bible through the, the, the glasses, the spectacles of our own culture. And I think instead we need to read the culture through the glasses of, of the Bible. And for that, we really need to know our Bibles well, but we also need to know our culture well. And again, as I say, even in terms of evangelism, a huge amount of evangelism is listening to people, trying to understand where they're coming from. Um, and, Again, prophetic preachers will really help the Lord's people. They will give the Lord's people confidence. Wait wait a minute, God's word really does connect with our culture. It really does have something to say. So it's not just kind of like moaning, oh, aren't things terrible? And it's not just kind of visionary madness in, in the sense of saying, well, revival's just around the corner, everything's going to be okay. It's just simply saying, this is God's word for our culture today. And that's thrilling when you get that. Can we say, is there a simple way of saying, is there a word from the Lord? Uh, choose a topic, choose one of the issues, and then not expect there to be an easy word, but to actually reflect what you glean from the Scriptures as a response of God to the to the circumstance around uh, which you're speaking into in your community or in, indeed into the culture of the nation. The, uh, responding to that question, is there a word from the Lord? And let's see what happens. Is that one way of saying you could do this practically in your local church? Uh, you could just wait and, and, and uh, get a word from the Lord on those issues? Yeah, I think so. And I think some, but sometimes we, we have to say, actually, some of these things we don't know what's happening. So it's very interesting. I've been um, doing this mini series called Coffee with Job, which is just like five minutes every day on YouTube. And I'm astonished at how many Christians have contacted me just simply to say that was God's word for me in the circumstances that I'm facing. 
And I think it's also God's word in terms of our own. So there are some things we don't know the answer to. It's not like we plug in a prayer and automatically it comes out. But we can be assured that God's word applies to every situation. So I, I do a little bit of what you suggest. I'd say to people, okay, choose a subject. And then let's think about this from a Christian perspective. And it's amazing just how the Bible applies. I remember one guy just simply saying, I can't believe that the Bible addresses all this, but you weren't making it up. It really does. And and, and I think, therefore, that that's the same kind of thing. Now, sometimes it will require enormous courage, you know, because you're going against the the, the idols of our culture and our society. And that does require courage. But sometimes that's what we're called to. But we're also recalled to be, you know, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. Or I was just reading in Luke 20 about Jesus. Um, they, they asked him about tax and they were trying to catch him out and they weren't able to find anything to accuse him of, but with his answer. And sometimes we need to be like that as well. So it, 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 it applies in lots and lots of different circumstances. But the, the, the key question, and this is for your listeners, is there a word from the Lord? Yes, there is. Absolutely. David Robertson, wonderful getting your insights as always. Let me point listeners to theweflee.com, W-E-E-F-L-E-A, theweflee.com. David, just very quickly, uh, your work with the Ask Project, uh, working with evangelism and new churches uh, through Sydney Anglicans, you know, you're happy for people to be connecting with you, and there might be people in Anglican churches uh, or other churches uh, far and wide. Uh, they can connect with you. Where, where would, where's the best place for them to, uh, to, to check in with you personally? Oh, of course. I mean, well, I have uh, um, the, the weefly at gmail.com is, is an e- my email address. I also have one for ask, you know, um, ask.david at newchurches.org.au. But I I, I do stress this. I mean, I'm here. I'm a Scottish Presbyterian. I'm working with Sydney Anglicans. Um, I've been down in Tasmania. So it's nice to have so many callers from Tasmania today because it's the most gorgeous part of Australia because it's the bit that's most like Scotland. Um, (laughs) But I, I, you know, Brisbane and I've been everywhere except Perth. I'm not sure that Perth really exists. But now that the borders are... are, uh, lifted you know and i work with people of different churches different backgrounds my 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 aim is just very very simple i just want to encourage christians to reach out with the good news of the gospel because it's what our society desperately needs and we've got it you know we're like i think my favorite analogy is that we are like the starving person who's found bread or a feast and we've got to communicate that to lots of other starving people. And I, I, I love doing that. I love. I work with churches because I believe that uh, the church, the local church, is the the embodiment of Christ, and it's just a, a great way to bring the gospel. You need it takes a church to bring the gospel to people. I would say that, and that's why I, I love working with churches and encouraging churches to think about the outsider and you know, to reach out and not to be afraid. Well, David, uh, just wonderful getting your insights and special honour to you. You do have a beautiful way of communicating and we know we've got you in Australia for at least another couple of years and uh, for listeners and leaders uh, to connect with you, they will no doubt want to do that. Uh, Theweflee.com, there was a... uh, 
ask.david at newchurches.com.au to be in touch with David personally through the Ask Project, working with evangelism in new churches. David, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. You know, God bless you. Thank you. It's by the way, it's it's .org.au for the new churches one. But you know, thank you so much, Neil. It, <laughs> Christian radio is so important in in encouraging the Lord's people. And I would say, look, all of us who are believers, whatever the denomination, we have to work together in this time of crisis and also this time of great opportunity. God, so God bless you, and God bless you, David Robertson. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.